This is Plausibly Live, the official podcast of The Dave Bowman Show. At just after 2 p.m. Central Standard Time today, the 19th of December, 2022, my family will lay to rest my baby sister, our baby sister. As my other younger sister wrote, I'm the oldest in my family, so everybody's younger than me, but as my older younger sister wrote in an email that she sent to many of Dee Dee's friends and acquaintances, Dee Dee was really the heart of our family, first because of necessity, and then because of her amazing, resilient spirit and her incredible personality. There came a day, I think it had to be 1979, may have been 1978, I don't remember. There came a day when my mother and I, along with Didi, were in the Ford Econoline van. No, it was a station wagon. It was this ugly brown station wagon. And we were headed from Pueblo, Colorado to Oklahoma City. There had been another birth in the family, the extended family that had not gone well. And mom needed to be near her sister, my aunt, Helen. And she was determined to go. And dad was unable to go. And he was adamant that someone had to go with her. And so fell to me and my baby sister. And in the early morning, as I recall, we were right around the Colorado-New Mexico border, and I had a knit cap. I, I have a thing for knit caps. For those of you who don't know, a little known Dave Diamond fact, I, I like knit caps with the pom-pom on top of them. There's a reason for it. It's irrelevant here today. But I had one that was special to me. I still have it, by the way. And it was a red and white hat, and it says Oklahoma Sooners on it. And we were going to Oklahoma, so I figured I'd wear my Oklahoma hat. And Dee Dee decided to invent a game that morning. So we're in the car, and I'm in the front seat. She's in the back seat. And believe me, this was in the days before seat belts were mandatory. And she jumped up over the seat and grabbed the hat off my head, and thus commenced a game that she called Grab David's Hat grab a hat. And that game went on for a long time. The laughter and the seriousness of her playing that game are still as clear in my mind as anything else. And believe me, that game was not over until she decided that it was over. And that would be many, many more miles on that day before that game finally petered out. On the day she was born in October of 1973, October 27th, the front page news everywhere in the country was the Yom Kippur War. It had just been uh, ceasefired, I guess. There were a lot of negotiations still going on. As I recall, the settlement for the war was actually reached that day, which might be appropriate. For our family, it had been a very, very busy day. 
There were four of us other kids, all of us 10 and below, and I was the oldest at 10. Dad had woken me up at some point early in the morning. I don't even know what time it was. Might have been one, might have been three. I don't know. He had woken me up to tell me that he was taking mom to the hospital. Dee Dee would be here in a few hours. Hold the fort. I'll be back because we had other things to do that day. There was a football game that morning that had to be played. There were errands that dad had to run. And in between the football game and dad running the errands, the phone had rung and I had answered it because I was the oldest. And it was Dr. Anthony who asked to speak to my father. Well, Doc, we all knew him because he was our family doctor. Uh, Dad's not here right now. He had to go out and run some errands. Well, tell him to call me as soon as he gets back. As soon as he got back, I told my dad immediately, Dr. Anthony wants you to call him. He did. And until this last summer... It was literally the only time I ever saw my father cry. He sat us down in the big rocking chair that we had, the big wooden walking chair. All the four of us gathered around the chair. And he told us mom was okay, but that our little sister wasn't going to make it. I think that they had decided, as Christian parents will do, that they were okay with this. If this was God's will, everything would be fine, and they would get through it. And so there was a resolution to make things as comfortable and gentle as possible. But as I understand the story, and I was only 10, and I don't really remember it that well, but as I understand it, the, the story, there was another doctor at the hospital who argued that this is ridiculous. We can fix this. We, we can do this. And two days after she was born, as I was walking to school, to McElwain Elementary School in Denver, Colorado, as I rounded that corner from Franklin Street onto whatever the name of that street is, I remember thinking, they're getting ready to start the surgery. I wonder how this is going to go. It was 10 pray, you say, well, whatever happens, happens. Didi survived that surgery and began that day an odyssey of life. I've told you, I don't even know how many times I've told you about all the times that I lost track about being told, "Mm, she's not going to make it. You need to come say goodbye. Cammie and I got married and after we got married, within a few weeks, we were having to go to, to Los Angeles to say goodbye. And Dee Dee continued to confound doctors, all of whom seemed to think to themselves, well, I can fix this. And every time hope would be lost, there would be some doctor who would say, well, let's try this. And while it seems like maybe, I don't know, there are times when I've thought to myself, Was that really the right thing to do? I was realizing this afternoon as I drove, yesterday afternoon as I drove, I was realizing that I bet there are a lot of medical papers. My wife's reading medical papers right now, and 
I bet there are a lot of medical papers out there about these off-the-wall procedures that have been tried, where they talk about the patient responded this way, and the patient responded positively, and the patient survived. And I bet you a lot of those are about Didi. And I wondered how many of those papers were read by other doctors on other cases where hope seemed completely gone. And they said to themselves, oh, we can do this. And I wondered how many lives did Didi save simply by refusing to quit and going on and surviving all of those surgeries. The day she was born, October 27, 1973, was one of the greatest days of my own athletic life. I like to think of myself as the athlete of the Bowman family, the entire clan, really, but um, I'm willing to negotiate on that. But I like to think of myself as the best athlete. I once was a mighty athlete. You don't see it now when you look at me, but the truth of the matter was that there was a time when I was pretty good. But you know what? Didi was an athlete. Pound for pound, she was the best athlete in our family. She was really good at everything she did. She, she got involved with sports uh, later on with uh, Special Olympics and other types of things. She loved playing basketball. She loved to ski. She loved to, to do all kinds of things. There wasn't a game that she wasn't good at. And pound for pound, she was the best athlete in our family because she had something that I always lacked as, a, as an athlete. It wasn't the opportunity. It wasn't the ability. I had those things. What I didn't have, still don't have for athletics, is the passion. I just didn't want to pour everything that I had into that. But Didi, man, she had passion for everything she did. Sports, writing, drawing. She loved everything. Even in a simple game of grab the hat while riding in a car, she took on that game with passion and with dedication and determination not to lose. It's hard sometimes as I look around today to see that passion for life today anywhere. All we seem to see are problems and difficulties and challenges. All we think about is pain and struggle. My sister, Deanna, Dee Dee as we called her, never seemed to let those thoughts cross her mind. Maybe it's because she was made that way by God, not to feel those ways. For 49 years, she never gave up. She never quit. And even in her final hours, I'm told, there were a lot of surprise nurses, hospice nurses who kept coming back because she's not gone yet. She just wouldn't quit. She never really complained, at least not to me, about her lot in life. She never complained about it. She never seemed to be sad about it. She attacked life with love, with laughter, and with passion. Those are things that I think we need to take from her heart and carry on in ours. Our family continues to be grateful for the support and prayer and thoughts from so many people who knew her, so many people who loved her and had fun with her. 
We thank you for that. Out of necessity at first, and then from her amazing, resilient spirit, Dee Dee was the heart of our family. And I'm certain that she would want us to continue to live life with passion. I'm sure she would want us to continue to grab the hat and to grab life. Goodbye, kiddo. I love you.